I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. So this week we've got something uh, a little different. We're revisiting a topic that we did a few weeks ago, which has proven to be very popular. Um, But it's one of the topics we're not overly skilled in talking about. Um, But it's proved particularly popular with someone we've been trying to get on the podcast for quite some time now. Um, So I'd like to welcome to the chat my dad, Chris. Hello there, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, As it turns out, you were particularly inspired by our pre-1950s car chat. Well, it it wasn't quite my era, but my era was shortly afterwards. So uh, there were still quite a lot of pre-50s cars around. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said you did. Obviously, you're you're not <laughs> clearly not old enough to have been in that era buying cars and driving them around. But well, um, well I'm not a vintage, but I think of myself as a sort of classic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a very healthy way of thinking of it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm so gonna borrow that. Yes, indeed, it's a good one. Not yet vintage, but classic. Mm. Yes. Um, so yeah, you you say you remember a lot of cars from the fifties era still being on the road and still being in use uh, when you were little. Well, first of all, in nineteen forty nine, I was a one year old. <laughs> yes, uh, so okay. It was some, some years before I took much notice of cars, <laughs> but I have made a list of eight vehicles that made the biggest impression on me. Oh, very good. You see, you've, you've got right into this, haven't you? That's it. You've got <laughs> all cars, so uh, all will be good. No, that's fine. Well, I don't think we specified cars. Well, we never do, really. It's always vehicles, isn't it? Yeah, we've been quite open-ended. We've even had an episode about sci-fi um, vehicles, haven't we? Oh, we have spacecraft, and I guess yeah, I've forgotten yeah. about that it, one. It's yes. fair game, I'd say. Yeah. It, I have none of those. No, no. <laughs> Are they in any particular order, Chris? Have you got a particular favourite, or is it just a list? Well, it's a sort of time order in the way I remember them, really. Oh, okay. Right. That's good. That's That's, that's more thought than we did. That's I like that. <laughs> yes. So I'm oh. starting off with uh, my most enduring early car memories. Okay. Which were travelling up and down the country in the back seat of my father's NG Y-Type. Which was a four-wheel sports wow. saloon, quite stylish in its day. Oh, had uh, separate wings, headlights mounted on bars each side of the bonnet. Oh yeah, I've just Chinese headlights um... on top of the wings. It's lovely. It still had running boards, but they were quite narrow by that time. And it yeah. had yeah. that opened the wrong way. <laughs> what we call suicide doors, but yeah, in those days we just called them doors. Doors. <laughs> You're right about the running boards. They look more like trip hazards on that. Yes. Yeah, I seem to remember red leather seats and uh, quite an upmarket walnut dash. Oh, oh, he had a posh one. Did he? Did he have one of the two tone uh, ones? No, uh, it was uh, it was a single color, uh, pale green. Oh, oh nice. Like I'm not that. sure what year it was, but uh, they made them from forty-seven to fifty-three. And I must have been five or six, and my father didn't buy it new, so I'm guessing it was late 40s. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. yeah. I approve of that. It's, it's just quite elegant. Well, huh? Yeah, that's lovely. They were always quite sporty, the uh, early MGs. Mm-hmm. 
But despite this one sporting credentials, the engine was just one and a quarter litres. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and MG described it as having, and I quote, remarkable road manner and virile acceleration. <laughs> virile? Uh, virile? it wasn't the faultless. <laughs> well, well, yes. <laughs> Were they assuming it would only be driven by men, do you think? Oh, um, I think you'd be yes. Silly. <laughs> yes. Yes. But what did be. they mean by virile? Well, it turns out they meant not to sixty in a touch over. Wait for it. Twenty nine seconds. Oh. <laughs> and a top speed of sixty nine point six miles an hour. That point six is the most important bit there. That is. <laughs> but again, you go in context of the era. You think, yeah, okay, that's that's probably. Where it was at, sort of the road. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's... I can't speak for his road manners because I was a little young for things like that. But it was one yeah, of yeah. the first British cars to have independent front suspension. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, you'd um, think my father's would... job uh, entailed frequent road trips, and we'd sometimes go with him. So I travelled hundreds of miles, sliding about on the leather back seat. Seat <laughs> <laughs> belts. What were they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even at that age, it had a feature that really impressed me. It had a built in jacking system. Oh, wow. A jack all. There were four hydraulic rams bolted to the separate chassis. So by oh. attaching a jack handle to a hydraulic unit under the bonnet, you could jack it up without even bending down. Wow. You could raise the front end, the back, or lift the entire car all at once. Well, I don't know if any other car ever had one, but uh, I mentioned it to the owner of one I saw at a car show in the Midlands a few years ago, and he said it still worked. So. Wow. Right, well, that's a fantastic system. idea. Yeah. <laughs> when he says it still works, I wonder how willing he'd be to get under it. He <laughs> <laughs> did tell me he bought the car restored and he hadn't done much work on it. So. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. How, how willing are you? To test that, yes. <laughs> but still, a very good idea. That, That's I mean, a fantastic idea. I'm now disappointed that modern cars don't have that. Well, it feels like we've gone backwards. Those silly little scissor jacks that you get with modern cars, if oh, you get one at all. If you get one at all these days, yeah, yeah, they're, they're awful things. Yeah, they are. I'm not sure I really trust my car to one of those. Mm. I've had to use mine once, and it was stuck. Uh, of getting this wheel changed as quick as possible because that doesn't look strong enough. That's just never going to hold it for long. <laughs> That's yeah. brilliant. They were yeah. ahead of the game there. Mm. Yeah, I think... It was a nice it's... car, and it, uh, it never let him down, so... Uh, it's a it handsome good. thing, I have to say. I found a picture of one in green here, and it's... Yeah. That's a good-looking car. When you say it never let him down, was he... Did he... Have sort of mechanically minded, or did he look after it himself? Or no, I don't think he did. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I was too young to know stuff like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair enough. But mm. he once took it on a, a grand tour around the Champagne area of France, calling in at the various uh, oh. yards along the way. And oh, I want to do that. I can get on board <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yes, yes, he was very proud of that trip. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. That is that is lovely. That's yeah. That is lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm skimming through all different ones at the moment, and it's just 
That's yeah. I found yeah. one in in racing trim. Racing trim. Yeah. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone slapped some numbers on it and some tape over the lights, and I'll go in for it. Oh, I found a picture of one with a number on the side, but I don't know if it's the same one. But um, yeah, 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 I found it. It's, it looks like it's doing the rounds at Goodwood. Yeah. Oh, I found one here with the uh, with Monte Carlo rally plates on it. Oh, blimey! So <laughs> someone's it's been um... sporting credentials. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't absolutely. No, that Very that good. Excellent. Yeah. Hmm. We took several trips in it to uh, the Alton Park Racing Circuit. Ooh. We live no. in the north. No, yeah. And uh, we were lucky enough to see Sterling Moss racing there several times. Oh. And these little green. Uh... Oh, you've you've made Adam proper jealous now. Yeah. Yeah. At my age, it was slightly boring because you'd see them all go past and then you'd have to wait for them all to come round again <laughs> if they were still yeah. in the same order. So. Uh... <laughs> It's a bit like when I take my kids somewhere like that. It's like, you want to watch this all day? I went, yeah, yeah. But yes, please. So if you could just be quiet and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> but even in those days, they had the Dunlop Bridge, you know, it goes over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's good to watch them from there. Oh, wonderful. No, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so where where are we heading to next on your list? What have we got? Well, my first car back in the 60s was a real oldie. Mm. Oh. It was a 1953 Ford Prefect. Ooh. The old oh. crocodile bonnet and the what they called a sit-up-and-bake passenger compartment. <laughs> and really wide running boards. It was outdated, but it was already in the family, and it got me on the road cheaply and in a hurry. Oh, and it had God. a very low mileage because it spent most of its life on the Isle of Wight. Oh, oh perfect. And I owned it for less than a year, and uh, I think I'd call it interesting. It came in 1938, the Prefect, as a slightly upmarket family car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as basic as the Anglia and Popular that joined it. And it was one of the first Fords built specifically for the British market. Oh, okay. Interesting. Of they stopped making them during the war, but they appeared again in 1945. And mine was a, a slightly later facelifted version. By that time, they put the headlights into the wings instead of on stalks on top. Right. Okay. Oh yeah, had, just yeah, just found one. Yeah, yeah. It had a one point one liter side valve engine, just three forward gears and reverse, and a really long gear stick. <laughs> it had six volt electrics, so the headlights were more like candles. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slow worms in jam jars. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> knew about the wipers because they were always a bit of an adventure. They were <laughs> the vacuum from the engine manifold. But oh, they weren't no. electric. So the faster you went, the slower they wiped. If you went, <laughs> if you went up the circle, of... they stopped altogether. So the opposite of what you want, really. Isn't mm. it? Yeah. So if you, well, you didn't put your foot down to overtake because you didn't have that much go in it. But uh, if you no. did, the, the wipers. Stop. Uh, overtaking was something that happened to other people, I should imagine. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, but, um, wow. That's quite the thing. It's... It is quite a thing, isn't it? it, it I mean, it looks uh, very much from its era, doesn't it? It's, it's, uh, there's no doubt as to when it's from. Mm. It was a time when cars were changing and becoming a lot more modern looking. Yeah. 
Um, that was a survivor from the, from the old style. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But like you say, there, you could turn a screw on the Bakelite dashboard and wind out the windscreen. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> it did tend to let the bugs in a bit. Oh, these, these are long forgotten features that yeah, each side of the footwell, there was a little lever to open side vents so you could get a bit more air in down there. <laughs> oh, just early air conditioning. Oh, well, absolutely. Um, but they tended to leak a bit. Uh, yeah, I should imagine right. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's there were nice. no hydraulics. Everything was mechanical. The brakes were operated by rods, which were an advance on the old cable brakes, which gradually lost efficiency as the cable stretched. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. I remember the brake lights stopped working once, so I crawled underneath and found a small metal box with a little chain attached to the brake rod. So when the rod moved, it pulled the chain, which switched the brake lights on. <laughs> oh, a beautiful. Had, a link had snapped in the chain, so I used a piece of copper wire to make a new one. Very good. Part of my many adventures in amateur car mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that as a way of init- of engaging the brake light, that is so much better than the modern brake light switches that they <laughs> it use. Is. It is because, like the one uh, I changed recently, the one on the mini, and it's just plastic crap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. And silly sensors, and you think, well, there you go, there's a chain, and when it gets pulled on, the light goes on. Yeah. Mm, you can't fault that. No, you well, can. You can fix Ford... it with a bit of wire. Yeah, that's it. When Ford launched the uh, the Focus, I think it was, or, or maybe the Escort, the front-wheel drive Escort, they had, um, they had a, a slogan, simple is efficient, and, and really that was simple and efficient. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, of course, but uh... easily fixed though. Oh mm. yeah, but remarkably, that car is still around in preservation. Your actual one? Yeah, the very wow. one. A few years ago, my brother found a picture of it online, and it was wow. by an enthusiast who'd actually taken it back to the Isle of Wight where he lived. Yeah, and I it's checked out yesterday, and it's still on the road, seventy years old. Wow! How many of us say off? You see, I don't know about mine. I'm, I'm going in. <laughs> no, I know mine isn't. Definitely not. <laughs> mine hasn't been around for a long time. Uh, hang on. Sorry, this, is, this isn't great podcast material. I've got... Ooh. Oh, 20, lasted till 2010. Oh! The last fail was considerable. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, corrosion. Um, sorry, I derailed that. So we've had the Ford Prefect. Where are we off to now, Chris? Well, my third choice. Uh, I was tempted to pick. Was it Mike's number one, the Willys Jeep? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Well, I was tempted to pick that mainly because I was an army kid, and they were around in some of my earliest memories when I lived with my mum and dad on an army base in Malaya for a few years. Mm-hmm. And it always looked like something you'd go for a good adventure in. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like most little boys, I had a pedal car. But mine wasn't a car. It was a miniature Willie's Jeep. Yeah, see, that's oh, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I loved it. The lads in the workshop made a regimental badge for it for the front and uh, stenciled numbers each side, just like the real thing. Oh, fantastic. Oh, how cool is that? 
And when we came back to the UK, it came with us on the trip ship. And uh, it was it's the closest I ever got to riding in a Willys Jeep, unfortunately. Oh, fantastic. But I didn't choose that because after the war, the war office were concerned that they were relying too heavily on American vehicles. <laughs> so they drew up specs for yeah. a British alternative to the Jeep. Now, the military were always keen on backward speak, so they called it the truck quarter-ton Austin. But it became known as the Austin Champ, and the Champ is my third choice. Okay. I'm going in. I'll need it. Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I did know that one. Like cheek, because it didn't go into service till 51, but it was developed in the late 40s, so I'm thinking ah. it I recognise that, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. It's more modern and chunkier than the Jeep. Yes, it's more rounded, isn't it? And got a mm. sort of more uh, polished front end, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, it was great on cross country. Mm. The suspension was actually designed by none other than Alec Kisigonis. Oh. Ah. He created the Mini and became a son. Yeah, yeah. That's, it does look substantial. Like it, would it really, really does, yeah. Handle the rough stuff. That's... Yeah. I think they hmm. delivered about 11,000 of them before it was decided that the Land Rover with better protection for the occupants was a better bet, and they cancelled the Champ. Right. And Austin tried to keep it going as a civilian version, but it never caught on. Right, and they went with the Land Rover. You can see the sort of the uh, where it's come from, can't you? You can see the sort of the idea of the Jeep is still in there. It's just like a more modern Jeep, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, more sort of I polished. Did get uh, get a few rides in one. Okay. Um, as an army cadet in my teens, a few of us uh, went on a course at an ammunition depot in Warwickshire, where they were using one as a runabout. It was great fun. Yeah, I bet. And we were told it had five forward gears and the same gears in reverse. <laughs> what? The joke was that you could retreat as fast as you could advance. <laughs> Very important imagine. for a military vehicle. <laughs> I can't imagine reversing in top gear. Uh, oh, no. No. But, oh, they never did. But, uh, curiosity would get the better of me. Oh, yeah, dear. you'd have to give it a try, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, I've just looked up some stats on it. It's got a significantly larger engine than I was expecting. It's got the, a, a 2.8 Rolls-Royce engine. Wow. Uh, a a 2.8 in something that small and light? I mean, it's got 80 horsepower, according to the stats okay. on Wikipedia. <laughs> so That's more than the Jeep had. Uh, yes. Well, bear in mind, it was designed as a military vehicle, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. It had yeah. to be uh, powerful and good. And mm. uh, I guess the expense wasn't quite such a an issue as it would have been if it was a, a vehicle for sale to the public. Yeah, and top speed was probably not a particular priority. Uh, no. Oh, it, it was an off-roader, really. Yeah, yeah. That looks like a really tough thing. Hmm, it does. I, yeah, I like that. That's... That's an excellent choice. Yeah, that, that very much complements the Jeep. Yes, I like that. Hmm. Well, my number four is uh, is another military vehicle, but it's uh, it's largely forgotten. Okay. The Austin Tilly, which was Ooh. short for utility. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it was a general-purpose runabout based on the 1940s Austin 10. 
which was on ah. the civilian market as a saloon, a van, or a pickup. And the really? army took the pickup, sprayed it all in drab, and added a canvas tilt on the back. And uh, there we are. It, it's, there's a famous yes. picture of uh, the late Queen Elizabeth changing a wheel on one during the war. I was just going to say that. Yeah, of course. That's... I'd ne yeah, because we're all really familiar with that photo, but I'd ne I'd never knew what she was working on. So there you go. That's, that's answered that question. Look at that. Yeah. I've um. Yeah, I've just found a picture of Michael Caine with one because there's one featured in um. Uh, what was the uh, what was the movie he did about the assassinating Churchill? Um, what was it called? Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Uh, let me look it up. I know the movie quite well, but I can't think of the name of it now. But there's one in that. Um, I think he even drives it at one point. Um, and I never Eagle knew what it was. Landed. Eagle has landed, of course. Yeah. Yes, there's one in that. <laughs> is there? Yeah, there is. I'll take your word for that. Where about yes. it? Featured heavily, or no, not particularly. Um, no, it's just in a, it's just in a few scenes. I think he does drive it at one point, um, yeah. but it's just in a few scenes. But I never knew what it was. Um, like you say, it's like a. It's like a van, but with the back cut off and replaced with a canvas um, canvas top. It's, it's quite a nice thing, actually, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. But again, it's I, I bet that will put up with some abuse looking at it. It's, mm. It seems sturdy. Yeah. Chris, was that one, from like you said, being sort of brought up in and around military? Is that something that was around at the time? Oh, yeah, very much. Mm. Um, I think every military base had one just for running around in. Okay. But right. for me, it, it was my ride to school. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, go with a couple of mates, and because uh, we lived on a, an army vehicle depot in Cheshire at the time. Mm -hmm. So we'd climb in the back, and two would perch on the wheel arches and one on the floor. What a great <laughs> way to get to school. I'm oh. sure it's totally illegal now, but... Yeah, mm. I tried to look it up in Wikipedia and it wasn't there, and you can't say that about many things. Well, number five, uh, when we weren't going to school in the Tilly, we went in my pal's dad's car. Mm. He had his own business, and uh, he ran a rather upmarket standard Vanguard. Oh. Ooh. Really bulbous at the back, and more like a jelly mould than the Sierra. <laughs> there we go. Just, just going in. Oh, gosh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They came in in 1947, and they kept making them up to the 60s when they were replaced with the Triumph 2000. Oh, wow. Hey, interesting. But in That's... the early post-war years, they weren't easy to get hold of because most of them were exported, many of them right. to West Germany, and uh, they were very popular in Australia. So, uh, Okay. The early ones, uh, there weren't many about in this country. Very distinctive, yeah. and it seemed huge inside, and it was definitely a cut above most family cars. Yeah. And it had a two-litre engine, which must have given it quite a turn of speed. Oh, yeah. But the engine was developed from, of all things, the engine from a Ferguson tractor. 
yeah. Well, at least it's going to be reliable, I suppose. It'll just chug on forever. Yeah. I don't but, think I've seen another Vanguard since then, really. Because I'm looking at it. and I, Obviously, I you know that Standard is a, a British mark, but you look at it and mm. go, that doesn't look like a British car. I don't think, anyway. Did it, like, like you say, it was kind of an upmarket thing, but did it look out of place on the road at the time? It looked very unusual mm. Um, mm. because of it, this great bulbous back on it. But, uh, is it, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at photos, is it? Is it deceptive? Was it large or was it just... It was quite large, yeah. Hmm. That's... I can't... Yeah, that is quite interesting. I, I've never seen one, ever, I don't think. No, I don't think I have. No, no even in a museum. Hmm. Well, I've never seen one at a show or anything. It's, uh... No. And to say that was replaced with the Triumph 2000, I mean, that that's quite a shift. <laughs> that is. Yeah, I'm going to have to... I'd be more attentive at shows because that would be quite lovely to see. Was That'd it be quite, one to tick off the list? Yeah. Quite, I'm assuming quite plush inside as well. Yeah, it was definitely more of a luxury car. Mm. Mm. Oh, it, it was quite a culture shock to go from that and then back to the Austin Tilly next day to go to <laughs> Yes. Putting yeah. in a load space. Yeah, it's a bit al fresco in the back of that, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's that's really nice. That is, yeah, what a thing. Yeah, that's uh, and I, I, it was quite like it was nice to find a new car that I didn't know about. So yeah, because that's that doesn't often happen. Uh, no, yeah. keep an eye out for that. Um, right, what are we on to next, Chris? Well, number six isn't a car at all; it's a coach. A coach, right? Okay, I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting that. No. Right, let's have a look. Now they made the Bedford OB from 1939 to 51. The bonnet at the front, curved grille with horizontal slats. Oh, look at that. Sweeping coach lines and a sliding door at the near side front. That's Yeah, yeah. It's quite a narrow bonnet as well, isn't it? Tiny, isn't it, compared to the size of the vehicle? Well, not so many families had cars in those days, so if you go on a holiday, you go on a day trip, or you can't tell you'd be on a Bedford OB. Wow. There's still plenty around, and they've got their own enthusiast club when they do rallies. There's yeah, a lot of bus clubs, aren't there? It's uh, it's a popular thing. Because mm. yeah, I'm, I'm looking here, like you said, there's plenty still about. There's some of the just first photos that come up they seem to be um, sort of wedding transports as well. Oh, People yes, I've seen some of those on that with particular ribbon, bandwagon. With ribbons on the front. You just get everybody in one vehicle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that beats the usual minibus. It's, I like it's, that. But yeah, that's a, that's a classy way of doing it. Mm. Yeah. I, but, I mean, you just don't get that now. No one would get misty-eyed over the absolute dross of public transport that we get now. Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, some people do, I suppose, but no, <laughs> not so much. Do we think? Oh, there'll be some weirdos that collect them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I suppose, the, I suppose they, someone might get excited because they made a new Route Master, but that's probably about it. I, um, I can't see people getting misty-eyed over the um, 
uh, the new electric buses in London. No, I'll grant you that. No, but this, uh, no, I can see, I can see where the nostalgia would come in on that because, like you were saying, Chris, traveling somewhere was a bit was probably more regular than it would be now going on a coach and something like this it was like now we'd everyone would just go i'm not, I'm not going on a coach i'm just going to drive yes well, it, was, it was an occasion um, mm, um yeah a lot of the factories used to uh, shut down for a fortnight all the factories shut down on the same fortnight and uh, Everybody went on these coaches to the seaside. I lived miles from the sea at that time. Everyone, everyone in the country all on holiday at the same time. <laughs> so it, it made a lot of memories. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, of course. People yeah, were that quite fond of it. That can't be snubbed, can it? For a very functional vehicle, it's quite stylish, isn't it? I mean, like you say, you don't get that anymore. No, you're not going to get a stylish bus now because it's... They, just going to go on the cost factor and go no no let's just make it a box and be done with it yeah whereas that is yeah it is it's it's you'd, you'd almost say it's an aero coach that's uh <laughs> yes <laughs> you could well it's got less drag than the slab-sided double deckers we've got now i suspect it wouldn't go fast enough for aero to be too much of a concern but yes <laughs> Are you saying they're not exploring the limits of grip? I, well, on those skinny little tyres, they might be. <laughs> I'd like to see it done. Yes. Oh. What a thing. That's nice. See, that's that's why it's fun doing this, because you and I would never never go, right, let's think of a coach. We'd never pick that. No, no. we'd never pick no. that. This is, as you say, it's, it's good to get a, a fresh input to this stuff. Mm, I like that. No, that's mm. that's a that's a wonderful choice. Possibly my favourite so far. Oh, very good. Mm. We used to go on school trips in one uh, every year from Manchester. Uh, we used to go out past the Jodrell Bank radio telescope, have a look at that as we passed, and then <laughs> on to uh, Liverpool and uh, get off the bus, go over on the Mersey ferry to the other side, and. Uh, where the bus would have come around through the tunnel and met us, and then we go off to Chester Zoo, oh, and then come back and through the Mersey Tunnel. Oh, nice! And then back to school in the dark. It was a really oh. good trip, and it was always what the hell? That's it's impressive. Uh, you're mentioning Jodrell Bank as well. It, remember James May saying, "At any time there was a school trip, guess where we're going." <laughs> oh, always Jodrell Bank. Always. <laughs> That's yeah. You see, yeah. you like kids nowadays. Oh, do, do you know what? Whenever they go on a school trip and it involves a coach, their first question is, "How long is the journey?" And any answer you give is too long. Um. So, what are we doing next? Are we going back to cars, or have we got a different sort of vehicle next? No, we're, we're staying on the commercials. And, Ooh, uh, so before. I reveal my top pick. There's another one that was once seen just about everywhere. And that's the Bedford M series three ton glory. Now you see this. They were made from thirty-nine to fifty-two and uh, just about any tradespeople had one. Builders to coal merchants. But the one from the thirties and forties was uh it had a bonnet very much like the the uh, the coach. 
Oh yeah, I've got you. I mean, and they're they're still sort of they're still sort of around because I, that's a that's a truck that I'm familiar with. I've seen yeah shows yeah, or yeah, yeah. something like that. It's just they're yeah. not. You could, it's something that's still on the road here, here and there. That's you forget yeah. how big Bedford was back in the day. Hmm. I mean, they yeah. were just—it was a name that was everywhere. Yeah, it's 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 gone now, really, isn't it? It, it? Yeah, it just became part of Vauxhall and GM, and that was kind of it, wasn't it? Got swallowed up by Vauxhall, didn't it? And they used it for a while to badge commercial vehicles, um, mm-hmm. and then it just sort of disappeared. Yeah, mm, but yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at the earlier ones with the bonnet, yeah, that's lovely. Oh, I found one here with the old sign, sign written door, and the old company name on it, and oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Oh, they really are. Yeah, I've been skimming through there. Yeah, lovely things. They've got one up at the uh, Richard Cider farm at uh, near Highbridge in Somerset that oh. had been owned by that family since they first bought it um, back in the 40s. And uh, they were market gardeners at the time and they used it for their market gardening business. And they recently had it completely restored. Yeah, it's not magnificent. It's outside the uh, the restaurant now. And so I, I saw see... another one at the uh, National Mining Museum near Wakefield in Yorkshire, which is uh, done up as a coal merchant's lorry with bags of coal on the back. And, and that took me right back because <laughs> everybody had coal delivered in those days, and they usually came on one of those. That's very cool. But it's... I chose it for a specific reason. Because as a seven-year-old, I got to ride in one. My dad needed oh, that's some a big oil, deal. and he knew a builder who offered to go and get a couple of tons with him, and I got to go along with them. And I still remember riding high up in the cab, looking out over that long bonnet. And I felt like king of the road that day. Yeah, I bet. I was desperately it's, it's... hoping one of my school friends would see me, but none of them did, of course. <laughs> It's strange, it isn't it, how that sort of thing... It was thrilling to me as a fairground ride. It was, uh, I've always remembered that trip in the uh, in that lorry. Yeah. It's strange how things like that can set you off as a kid, isn't it? I, like you say, <clears> you, you remember that clear as day. I, I remember, I know it's very it's sad, but it's along the same sort of lines. I was five, and my dad um, rented a transit... Um, a big and a long wheelbase, oh. and uh, but I got to travel the width of the country in it because we went from uh, where we are in Barnstable um, all the way up just almost into London, and I thought I was so uh, so delighted with life. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, but you look back now and go, no, no, you were just sat in a van for a really long time. No. <laughs> That was enough. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was happy as a pig in the proverbial. Yeah. No, yeah, but that's that's wonderful, and the, and the reasoning is is makes it all, all it's perfectly all, sound, all more better for it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, well, that my last one, number one. My last one. Um, it's come straight from Adam's list, and it's the humble Austin Seven. Oh. 
it's top of mind, Pops, not because so many people had them, but because it was such an important car in the development of the motor industry. Yeah. Um, Austin made 290,000 of them from 1923 to 39. And when you see one on modern roads, usually coming back from a show or something, they, they look so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't call it the baby Austin for nothing. Mm. No, it is. Yeah, it is minuscule, isn't it? But it was more than everyone's family runabout. It helped launch some of today's biggest names in motor manufacturing. Because Austin yeah. licensed out the design. So the first car made by BMW in Germany was basically an Austin 7. Mm. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah. I discovered that when I came across the BMW Dixie, as they called it, at the British Motor Museum at Gaydon. I, got one I, was, there. I was just about to mention that one. Yes, that's... They'd got one in there, and you, at first glance, you think, "Oh, there's an Austin 7, And then you start reading the sign, and you go, "Oh, interesting." Oh, it's not. Yes, mm. I think but, they took it up market a bit, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it was a bit more plush, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that's an excellent choice. Well, you know my reasons for picking it, so I'm certainly not going to argue with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very tight. For first place for me, yeah, um, but it ended up being second. But no, I I approved. Did, have you ever been in one, Chris? No, I haven't. Mm. That's my that's my disappointment as well. I'd really like to have a go, even yeah. just to, even just have a ride as a passenger. Mm. I do know someone who's restoring one, but it's a long way from being on the road. It's still just mm. a collection of parts at the moment. But um, one day. <laughs> I remember my granddad describing the uh, driving experience, and he said, "He said stopping was an event. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, you, you had to plan ahead." And he said, "If you really needed to stop, you you asked the passenger to hold the wheel steady, while you put both feet on the brake pedal with both hands pulling up the handbrake at the same time." <laughs> <laughs> that was the quickest way of getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a two-man job there, I'm afraid. Hey, I'll dismiss it, will you? And he also I, I said... met a, a woman who'd had one, and uh, she said they broke down in it one day, and somebody stopped to see if they needed any help, and she said to this chap, have you got a penny? And he said, well, there's no toilet around here, you know. <laughs> he said, no, 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 there's a fuse that keeps going under the bonnet, and if you put a penny in the fuse holder, it goes again. <laughs> Safety first. Perfect. <laughs> we needed the AA. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But it was uh, Nissan as well got in on the act, probably Datsun in those days. Oh, they yes. They used the Austin 7 as the basis for their first cars in the 20s. That's very cool, isn't it? And in the 30s, yeah. there was a company called American Austin who made them under license over there. Sold lots of them. And, of course, Jaguar back in the 20s. They were still the Swallow Sidecar Company. Yeah, making motorcycle sidecars in a workshop in Blackpool. And <laughs> one of the two partners was William Lyons, who, of course, later became head of Jaguar. Yeah. And he could see that the future lay not in sidecars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they bought an Austin 7 chassis and uh, got one of their people to build uh, an open-top tour a body with an optional hard top, and they launched it as the Austin 7 Swallow. And they mm. sold so many, they had to move to a larger factory. And, of course, when they had to change the name from SS after the war, they went on to create 
It's some of motoring's biggest icons, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It all started with an Austin 7. In the days when Jaguar are on the way up, let's not get into that again. Um, <laughs> yes, very good. Well, we have cause to be very grateful to the humble little 7. Yeah, what an iconic car. That's an excellent choice. Mm. Such a versatile platform, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, like we mentioned last week, it came in various guises, didn't it? Even yeah, yeah. It was a go-anywhere-do-anything sort of car, and it, it it gave everyone who bought one that sort of first taste of motoring, didn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Simple, another, but yeah. yeah. I remember another story from my granddad. He said it, it came with a sort of handbook, way more detailed than we sort of get today, even to the point of um, giving you tips on your driving. <laughs> Because nobody had done it before, I suppose. No, he said one of the particular highlights was it saying, when you're driving down the road, um, try to remain as central as possible. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh... there'll be nobody coming the other way. That's fine. <laughs> so that doesn't seem entirely good advice, but I well, suppose... Much, that... uh, of its time. I think, yeah, that's it. Because you think, well, the, the, any paperwork that would have come with it, the latest would have been uh, late thirties, wouldn't it? And he, by the yeah. time he was driving it around, it was uh, late forties, early fifties. So yeah, that would have been quickly out of date. That would have been. Well, you might run over the man with the red flag. <laughs> it's very true. I hadn't factored that in. No, there you go. No, I, well, that's an excellent list, so Chris, I've, and I very much approve of number one. Um, well, I'm done, but I must just go back to the Willys Jeep for a moment. Um, oh, please, please do. do. As Mike said, Jeeps were modified in endless ways, but uh, how about a flying Jeep? A flying <laughs> Jeep? It was actually made. It had an aircraft-like tail section and a pair of rotor blades like a helicopter. Oh, God, I'm, I'm Googling. They called, it, they called it the Hafner Rotor Buddy. It wasn't a plane as such. It, it would be towed behind an aircraft and then released to make a final short flight into a battle zone or an operation or something. And oh they worked God. out that you could drop a jeep from just over seven feet without breaking it. <laughs> but just when they perfected it, gliders were developed to deliver men and vehicles into occupied France for D-Day, and the flying jeep never took off, so to speak. <laughs> but... Um, I think There's... the only one is a replica at the Army Air Corps Museum at Middle Wallop in Hampshire. And yeah. uh, I, did have, I was lucky enough to see that one. And you have to admit, Bond would have loved it. Ooh. Oh, he would have. Uh, that... Flying in aboard his jeepy copter, they're ready to take the bad guys down. Oh, I think it would have to have been Roger Moore. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hafner yeah. came up with a similar plan for a Valentine tank somehow he couldn't sell the idea of a flying tank. Strange that. Yes. Not sure even Bond could pull that one off. Nothing more than the phrase flying tank. Uh, he says, a massive accident happened soon. Yeah. It was a big tank too, the Valentine. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at photos of this um, rotor buggy. It's terrifying. Oh, that looks lethal, <laughs> It had a crew of two. One was to drive it on the road, and the other, well, on the ground, and the other was to drive it in the air. That's yeah, I'll, fair play, but I'm I, I 
don't want to get the, in that or near oh, it, really. That's... No, I don't think so. If there are any left, I suspect there aren't. No, like you said, Chris, I think the only one is that is actually a replica. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's why I didn't include it in the list, really, but I just had to mention it. It doesn't really exist, mention. But Yeah. It reminds, me, it reminds me of that big Rolls-Royce uh, Overlander at the Haynes Motor Museum uh, that was built for expeditions. And they, uh, the explanation on a little card next to it uh, gives you various details about it, and it says, top speed, no one's ever been brave enough to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that applies to the, the no. rotary thing. No one needs to know. No, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yes, that's yes. I know the one you mean uh, at, at Haynes, the proper early one, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. But probably, we'll be talking twenties, thirties, that sort of vintage the huge engine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yes, it's got the engine to power you at speed, but again, I'm all right. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. They uh, Rolls Royce actually have uh, just accidentally discovered have produced a Cullinan Overlander. Please oh. don't Google that; you will be ill. <laughs> I mean, that's just don't go looking for it. Why do we need that? <laughs> well, clearly nobody does. Who who on earth is ever going to take one of those <laughs> monstrosities off road? Well, it it exists. The, the Cullinan Overlander. Oh. <laughs> I knew you'd be pleased. Detest that car. <laughs> well, the Cullinan doesn't need to exist in the first place. They certainly don't need to have done that to it. Anyway, <laughs> that's a different thing. Just going to get cross. <laughs> yes, you will. Right, I'm, I'm going to close that before I accidentally end up at those images and, <laughs> yes. and say something I regret. Um. But no, that's good. I like that honourable mention, Chris. That's, that's yeah, that's fantastic. That's off the charts. That that's yeah, it is. <laughs> that's like probably didn't need to exist, but fair play for having a go. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a, a homemade helicopter, which is always fine. <laughs> homemade and helicopter. Yes, that's I'm all what right. Could, what could possibly go wrong? Well, you say that though. You can buy kit helicopters, can't you? Do you remember um, oh. Mark Evans, who did the sort of Car Is Born series mm. on Discovery, devastatingly two decades ago now. Um, oh dear! Yeah, he did a he did a helicopter at one point. Yeah, a, cho yeah. a chopper is born, as I recall. That's a oh, catchy title. Of yes, of course. I always thought that was a strange premise for a TV show. Here, here's a vet. Let's make him build things. What? It's not the obvious choice, is it? No. No. Sorry, sorry I digress there again. Well, that's a fantastic list. Thank you very much. Okay. No, I approve of that enormously. Um, so the big question is, I think, would you be willing to come back on and talk us through your car history? Uh, yes, I could do that. Oh, <laughs> fantastic lovely. everyone else who's been on the podcast uh has given us a, a brief rundown of their car history it's, it's sort of become a tradition hasn't it yeah so i think i think that would go really well because we've we've had some real gems come out of people's car history and i think mm. i think you, you might have some uh some real treats for us chris well that was uh 
yeah thank you for that chris that's much appreciated and uh that's we'll fun. we'll have you back on and we'll give you we'll have a rundown of your car history because you'll have you'll have some choices in there that again that mike and i would not have had so that that's uh <laughs> that would be great um we'll we'll book you in and get a, and pick a day in the calendar for that if that's all right with you great i look forward to that lovely thank you for having me yeah it's been a pleasure thank you yeah great stuff thank you well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>